The Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. Tucson's only local morning sports talk show. The Jeff Dean Show starts now. Good morning, Tucson, and welcome to the Jeff Dean Show. I am Jeff Dean here with you on this Wednesday morning, March the 9th, 2022. It is 7.02 on your hump day here in Tucson, and we are live on 1490 AM, 104.9 FM, ESPN Tucson, also streaming on ESPNTucson.com. And uh, one thing I also forgot to mention, if you guys ever want to kind of go back and listen to the show or if you don't get a chance to listen to the entire thing and there's a segment you want to listen to, you can always download the podcast. Mary does a great job of getting it uh, up and out for uh, for download, usually within a couple hours after the show has ended. So uh, you can always go to you know wherever you download your podcast. Just look for the Jeff Dean Show there, and uh, you will find that. You can download it and listen to whatever parts of the show that you may have missed or revisit some of the gaffes and uh, goofs that I have made throughout the day and laugh at me and I mean, whatever else you want to do about that, that's uh, that's fine. Uh, we've got a it's, – it's just a jam-packed show today of – it's basically two things. It's NFL and it's college basketball, and that's basically what we're going to be talking about today because those are the two things that are most presently in the news in regards to importance here in the, in the city of Tucson, state of Arizona, and, of course, in the world of sports because there were big things happening yesterday in the NFL, of course – I, I, it's one of those things. Like, it's I either, I, I just, I just miss the boat on a lot of things. Like yesterday, uh, you know, we sign off at nine o'clock. At about nine fifteen, it becomes a, a, very apparent that that Aaron Rodgers has announced, or and the Packers have announced, and all the insiders have announced that he's going to be staying with the Green Bay Packers. So missed out on that. And then, like an hour later. One of the biggest trades that we've seen in a long time in the NFL occurs as uh, the Seattle Seahawks agree to trade Russell Wilson to the Denver Broncos for a whole slew of assets, draft picks, players, uh, all kinds of stuff. So we will definitely get into that a little bit later on because we're going to be talking NFL a a bunch in our number two. Um, including with Tyler Drake. We're going to bring back our Cardinals insider because, look, it's the time of the year where we need to start talking again about these things with free agency ramping up now. The franchise tag deadline was yesterday at 2 p.m., and a couple of franchise tags were laid upon some big-name players that we'll get into. But we also have the whole Kyler Murray saga that is occurring right now in you know, up here in Phoenix where you know he's due $5.8 million this year. He's still on his rookie contract. And he's like, if I'm, you know, if I'm coming back, it's going to be for forty million plus. And the Cardinals are like, well, wait a second, hang on, <laughs> timeout. You know, let's let's pump the brakes here a little bit. We just spent a whole ton of money trying to build a team around you for team success, and now you're like, I need my bag. Well, okay. Well, what have you done? Like seriously, like, what have you done to earn the title of top quarterback in the league? Because that's essentially what the most money means. When you make the most money at your position, you're the best at your position. And there's not one single person that has ever seen a football being thrown or a game of, of NFL action that would say Kyler Murray is the best quarterback in the league. He's, you know, probably not even the best quarterback in FedEx. I shouldn't say probably. He's not even the best quarterback in his own division. 
And before Russell Wilson left, he was probably third, maybe even fourth best quarterback in his division before uh, you know Jimmy Garoppolo now going to be leaving the 49ers and now, of course, Russell Wilson being traded, Matthew Stafford being the cream of the crop here in the, uh, in the NFC West as the newly crowned champion. So we will talk with Tyler Drake about that. He'll be on the, uh, the show at 8.30, and we'll talk some Cardinal football with him because, first of all, it's been a while. We need to get some updates on some things. There's still the saga with Chandler Jones. They did not tag Chandler Jones. What is going to be happening with, with Chandler Jones? So lots of stuff going on. Uh, with the Arizona Cardinals. So we'll talk with our Cardinals insider, Tyler Drake, coming up at 8.30. Also, throughout the show today, be listening for your cue to call as we have those Sammy Hagar tickets. He's going to be performing alongside George Thorogood. Great duo of, of rockers, one blues rocker and one just scream red rocker, of course, uh, Sammy, uh, going back to his old days. And uh, that's going to be at the Ak Chin Pavilion up here in Phoenix. The concert is set for September 7th. We've already had two very excited winners earlier this week, and we're going to have another excited winner today. So be listening for your cue to call. could happen anytime between now and 8.59 when we sign off. So be ready for, uh, for all that. And who knows what else may happen. There may be some breaking news occur, although I doubt it. That will usually happen at about 9.15, uh, 15 minutes after we've signed off the air. So let's get into what happened in college basketball yesterday, and not in the action in in the conference tournaments. Gonzaga beat St. Mary's. Okay, what else is new? You know, that kind of thing. They were the one-two seed in the Western, uh, the West Coast Conference. Gonzaga punches their ticket via automatic bid, winning the the West Coast Conference last night. I think they beat St. Mary's by 11 or 12 points. It was a close game for a minute, uh, and then Gonzaga once again pulled away. They're a very good basketball team, Uh, very, very good basketball team. You know, I'm on record as saying that I think that's the team that would give Arizona the most trouble uh, in, in the country this year. I, I have confidence that Arizona could beat any team in the country. Um, there are a couple teams I think would give Arizona some trouble. I think Auburn would give Arizona some trouble, but I love the matchups, like the way the matchups look, whether you've got the, the matchup between the two point guards and then their front court with, uh, you know, with Jabari and with uh, – uh, uh, I can't remember the kid's name. All of a sudden, I just jumped out of my head because of the K. Anyway, their big shot blocker, their seven foot one shot blocker that they've got down low, Kessler. Um, you, you know, and and the matchup between Arizona's front court as well. So, like that matchup to me, like that's an epic matchup. Like if if that's the championship game for the NCAA tournament this year, we're all in for a very merry Christmas. So. You know, but we're going to pump the brakes on that. But again, I just wanted to mention that Gonzaga did win the West Coast Conference last night. They're probably going to go into the NCAA tournament as the overall number one seed, and that's fine. Uh, they've certainly earned it. But Arizona gets a uh, a lot of great news yesterday. Specifically, some of the individuals wearing that Arizona uniform get some great new hardware that they're going to be able to put on their trophy case and admire for as long as you know, as long as they're here on Earth, and for their kids and their kids' kids. To, uh, to tell stories about, and uh, all that kind of stuff is just, is just absolutely wonderful. And I, and I love to hear uh, those kinds of things. And, and when, you, you know, when you think about these young men winning these awards, it's always, uh, it's always fun to think about you know, what's going to happen, you know, not, just, not just how they feel now, but how they're going to feel about that thing 40 years from now when they're in their 60s and maybe looking to retire and they can look back in the trophy case and remember back when they were a young kid at Arizona and how they went on that great run and had that unprecedented season in their coach's first year and their you know their teammates won all these awards and they had all this fun and you know that's that's always kind of fun for me to think about. So uh, Ben Matherin wins the Player of the Year award. 
no surprise there. I, you know, nobody was was going to uh, scoff at that. Terrell Brown, the only other person even in the conversation who led the conference in scoring and and really, you know, took Washington. Washington was, I mean, they were god awful at the beginning of the season. They were, in my opinion, they were the worst team in the conference for quite some time um, in the uh, in in the early part of the season, and they really turned things around. They got their defense going. They still have a ton of problems, but Terrell Brown despite the fact that he never shoots a three-point shot, uh, continued to just find ways to score and continue to pump 24 points out of game, which is just absolutely impressive considering the amount of defense that actually is played in this conference. A very good defensive conference. Uh, the, the Pac-12 doesn't get credit uh, for the amount of defense that's played here on the West Coast, but the Pac-12 teams play great defense. Oregon, although not this year, classically a very good defensive team. USC I know people think that Andy Enfield, you know, coming from Florida Gulf Coast and Dunk City and all that other stuff, Lob City, whatever you call it, uh, that they don't play defense. They've been one of the most consistent defensive teams in this conference since he got here. UCLA is one of the best defensive teams in the country. Uh, Oregon State has always played pretty good defense under Wayne Tinkle. You've got Mike Hopkins, who brings the Syracuse, you know, mentality with him. Uh, and then, of course, Arizona with the last 12 years with Sean Miller in the pack line and his emphasis on defense. And now Arizona with under Tommy Lloyd being a top 12 defense in the entire country. So uh, there's a lot of great defenses in this league. And to be able to average 20 points a game or 24 points a game through 20 games is remarkable uh, for Terrell Brown. But uh, Ben Matherin wins player of the year. He was he was the most well-rounded player, the most uh, you know, most exciting player on the best team in the conference, and that is why he wins the the, the you know the runaway vote getter for the uh, for the player of the year, defensive player of the year. Now again, this was no I don't think this was much of a contest. Christian Coloco wins the defensive player of the year. I think we all agreed that he was going to be winning that award. I I mean my predictions yesterday were pretty pretty spot on. I'll get to one that I missed on. Uh, but the predictions I had yesterday were pretty close. Some of the first team, second team, third teams, I was a little disappointed with uh, some of their choices. Like, eh, well, we'll get to that. But, um, you know, this is the first Arizona player to win a Defensive Player of the Year award here in the Pac-12. And I found that kind of interesting because, you know, I didn't get a chance to really talk about it yesterday when we were discussing that because I had a lot of other things I wanted to get to. But, you know, of all the great defensive players that Arizona has had here, for Coloco to be the first one to win a Defensive Player of the Year award, I don't know how I feel about that. Like, like Jason Terry probably should have won it the year that he led the conference in steals. He had like 2.8 steals per game, which is absolutely – that's a ridiculous number. Um, probably could have, should have won it that year. I didn't look it up to see who did win it that year. But nonetheless, you average nearly three steals a game – and you don't win Defensive Player of the Year. I don't know what like what you're looking. I mean, Gary Payton won NBA Defensive Players of the Year for averaging fewer than that in the NBA. So, uh, you know, again, I, whatever. I didn't go back and look. Maybe we had one of the greatest defensive players of all time win it that year. Who knows? But I got, it got me thinking. Like, okay, well, he, he's the first one to win the Defensive Player of the Year for Arizona. Who are some of the great defensive players that Arizona's had? I mean, obviously, when you think of defense, you think of Reggie Geary. Reggie Geary, one of the great defensive players that this conference has had. He never won a Defensive Player of the Year award. Uh, Certainly, I think you could argue that he's probably Arizona's best defensive player ever. I don't know if – I mean, mean, it's it's difficult to compare guards and centers and things like that because Lauren Woods is certainly in in the conversation. But, you know, you got – 
you know, it got me thinking. So I got a little list here of guys that I think, you know, it was it, it was a surprise to me that they never won, or maybe because some of them were one and done, but uh, they never won a, a Defensive Player of the Year award. Reggie Geary it, it came to mind immediately. Lauren Woods, you know, he had that year where I think he averaged like two – 2.6 or 2.7 or 2.8 blocks per game, which is remarkable as well. Aaron Gordon, we all remember what kind of a lockdown defender he was. He was, uh, you know, a, he could guard anyone from three, f- three through five on the floor and just shut him down. He's just so athletic, so strong, and such a great leaper, of course, um, and able to get himself into into position. And and I remember when you know when they when they when they recruited Aaron Gordon when Sean went out and got Aaron Gordon. The big story on him was that, you know, he's this great athlete. He can really get up and down the floor. He can fly, you know, jump out of the gym and stuff, but he loves playing defense. And, you know, so that was the one thing, and you notice it. I mean, you noticed it right away. You could tell Aaron Gordon loved playing defense as soon as he got here. Other great defensive players that I've seen here at Arizona, obviously T.J. McConnell, just the real bulldog, you know, defender, loved watching him play, smack the floor with his hands, and, like, you're not getting past me. You know, and, and when TJ really dug his heels in, you, you weren't going anywhere. Like, he was going to shut you down. And he was such a good, focused defender. I mean, he wasn't a great natural defender, but when he focused and he was like, nope, this is my job today. And it, 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 he just did it. Like, he got it done. That's why he's had the successful NBA career he's had, because he is just so good when he focuses it and, and really locks in on defense. He's just, he's remarkable. Uh, Rondé Hollis-Jefferson, we all know just what a gifted defender he was. I mean, he could just naturally go out there and shut people down. He was insane um, on defense. Anthony Cook, going back to my days growing up watching Arizona basketball, I remember how good AC was defensively. It was uh, it was, it was was really tough sledding if you wanted to try to get layups against Arizona back when AC was roaming the paint. Like, you just – because he was so athletic. Like, he could, he could run. You know, that's one of the things that Arizona's had a lot of is really athletic big men. Arizona's had a lot of them. You know, Channing is a great athletic big man. Obviously, DeAndre, one of the one of the most athletic big men, you know, in the history of this conference. Uh, Lauren Woods, before the back issues and stuff, really, really athletic big man. Uh, and now you got Christian Coloco, extremely athletic uh, big man as well. You know, I mentioned Jason Terry uh, with the years. I've got him here on my list. You know, he led the led the, the league in steals and didn't win the Defensive Player of the Year award. And there were two other guys who I thought are more of like underrated. Like they never get mentioned. Like if um, you know Anthony Jamino, I, I love I love Anthony Jamino. Did a phenomenal job covering Arizona Wildcats sports, and he would always put these lists together. And and, and Ag and I would talk about these lists and stuff. And you know we could go on for days having these conversations. And it always seems like every time these lists would come out, I'm like, hey, where's where's Richard Jefferson on the list of great defenders? Because if you remember his freshman year, you know, he's up and down. He's, you know, from Moon Valley, and he's like, you know, player of the year, state of Arizona, and he's the West Coast, you know, one of the top five West Coast players that year that he came out his senior year. And he gets here, and he's like, yep, I'm going to run up and down the floor. We're going to play alley-oops, and it's going to be lobs and dunks, and I'm going to be the man. And Lou Olson and Jim Rosborough set him down and said, if you don't play defense, you're not coming off that bench. You better figure it out, young man. And he sat there on that bench for two games and didn't play. And came back and was literally a completely different player. Like, everything changed for Richard Jefferson when he got benched. And he became one of the better defenders in the entire conference while he was here at Arizona. 
Like, he was a sick defender. And he never gets mentioned on these lists. So I want to throw him out there. And another guy, now, his defense didn't jump off the page because he was so good offensively. Uh, but he's a guy that I always thought was a really good defender. And when I've talked to people like Brian Jeffries, people who have been at practices over the last you know, 25 years and have seen the players, um, you know, certain, certain boosters and, and things like that that have had conversations with coaches and have been privy to these kinds of information and the stories and stuff that get told throughout the annals of time of Arizona basketball. And that's just how good of a defender Khalid Reeves was. You know, as, as, as athletic as he was, Khalid Reeves was – I mean, he, he had the mentality of a killer, right? I mean, that guy on a, on a basketball court, I mean – you know, he was a, I mean, he was a killer. Like, that guy was nasty, and he was so athletic. But I think people overlook his defense because of just how good offensively he was. I, look, I've heard stories, you know, being on the road and stuff with the team, you talk to people who have been around the program and stuff, and you say, oh, you know, tell me about this. And, you know, one of the things about Sean Miller is Sean always wanted to hear these stories. Like, he would, he would hit up people. Um, you know, he would talk to Brian about it. He would talk to other people that have been around the program much longer than Sean was. Sean's a historian of basketball. He knows the names. He just never got to coach them or see them play or see them on a practice court. And he would say, tell me about Khalid Reeves. And they would, people would tell stories about Khalid Reeves. You know, you hear these stories and stuff on the road, and it's just like, you know, when somebody says that Khalid Reeves was the best, the best player in a practice that has ever played at the at, at, at University of Arizona, uh, that says a lot. <laughs> like, there were just like people you tell practices, tell times about practices at Khalid Reeves when it was basically three on one. They would just say, "All right, come on, it's three on one, dude. You got to, you got, you have to try to beat us." Because they were sick of losing to him five on five, because he just he he just dominate, and he'd still beat you three on one. Like he was just in, he was just that good. Um, and you know one of the scariest talents that Arizona's ever had in that regard. But I always thought that he was vastly underrated for his defense. Like, I always thought Khalid was, was a really, 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 really good defender. Just never got the credit that he deserved because how can you be that great at defense or how can you be that great at offense and be great that great at defense? Like, people don't – like, you know, like Jordan, you know, and, and I'm not saying that Khalid Reeves is Michael Jordan. But obviously, we you know, we talk about Jordan and what a great, you know, offensive player he was, led the league in scoring 11 times, la, 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 la. And then you're like, but let's not forget – what kind of a defensive player he was too because grew up in North Carolina defensive mindset was a guy who would just get right in your face and did not care and had when he got older he got wiser and got more wily and would let you go by him and then he would block your shot from behind and he's like thank you you know and he'd take off and there goes Jordan down the floor and what a great defender he was he doesn't get the credit for that because all the highlights are about his offense and just like well, how, how can the guy be so good at both ends of the floor? Well, it's one in a million, one in a billion. Who knows? So uh, I, always, I always thought that, especially in going back through this list and stuff, and I'm just kind of thinking and remembering some of these performances, I'm just like, who, like, who won the awards over these guys? Like, who were, who were the players that won those years um, that, that these guys were playing and having – their best seasons defensively. And was Arizona one of those teams that was always like, oh, they're just an offensive team. Uh, they, don't, they don't need to get you know, a defensive accolades because they, you know, they're just such an offensive team. They're not a defensive team, which is completely false. Like, it's just 
people always say, like, oh, Lou Dolson, what a great offensive coach. He benched players for not playing defense. <laughs> like, let's let's pump the brakes on Lou Dolson not being a, uh, a a defensive mindset coach. You don't grow up in, you know, in the, the circles that he grew up in and not coaching defense. And, yeah, he had his – he had his guy, Jim Rosborough, he had his, you know, the, the guy that was his, his bulldog for him that would basically be, uh, you know, every player's worst nightmare when it came to learning how to play defense. But, um, yeah, to say that, that Lutz team didn't, didn't play defense, he had a lot of great defenders back then. Salim was a great defender. Like, Salim Stoudemire was a really good defender, too. I mean, a guy, a, a guy that gets completely passed over because his jump shot from 32 feet away was still dead on regardless. Uh, but he, he's a good defender as well. So uh, not enough credit. Kenny Lofton, good defender, like real strong, very quick, obviously, quick hands. And, uh, you know, I can go on and on. I can go on forever talking about good defensive players in Arizona. But those are the, some of the names that just stood out while I was prepping for the show and just kind of thinking about, you know, it's the first time ever. I can think of a few other guys that probably should have won that award at some point in time in their career at Arizona. Hey, Arizona FanDuel has given you the chance to shoot some threes. Speaking of uh, Salim Stoudemire. On the Suns' home court, just visit the FanDuel Sportsbook at the Footprint Center up here in Phoenix from March 13th to March 17th, and you can place any bet, $100 or more, on the NCAA bracket that has at least plus 400 odds. And you'll see how that all works and stuff like that. You can even talk to some of the people there or just you know read about it on, on, online or look it up on YouTube or whatever. Uh, they'll tell you all, all about what that means. And... Once you do that, you'll be offered the opportunity to register your name. You go to uh, FanDuel.com slash Phoenix, and you can get your spot on the court to shoot some threes. And that'll be a whole lot of fun for some of you. Uh, for people like me, not a whole lot of fun. Like, I suck at shooting threes. Like, I don't look like I belong on a basketball court, especially when I'm shooting threes, regardless of, of how I look, you know, just walking out onto a floor. Uh, plus, you can join them for the opening night of games at the FanDuel Sportsbook. Beautiful facility that they've got there attached to the Footprint Center. You can enjoy their beautiful outdoor terrace right there at America's number one sportsbook. And you can watch the games live on over 40 televisions there. Now, if you're new to FanDuel Sportsbook, awesome. That's even better because you're going to get one of the greatest promotions in the world when you sign up using my promo code DEAN. That's D-E-A-N. When you sign up, use my promo code. That will give you access to your first online bet being a risk-free bet, okay? Risk-free. You get your you get your money back regardless, you know, if even if you even if you lose your bet, you get it back. But it's up to $1000. So if you want to just jump in and be like, "Yep, I'm going to splash a grand on this and just be, you know, jump in head first, that's cool. If it's your first bet, you get $1000 back when you use my promo code. So, go for it. <laughs> see how much see how much splash you can make with that first bet. And you can put your basketball shooting skills to the test on St. Patty's Day, March 17th. Go to FanDuel.com slash Phoenix to get your spot on the court to shoot some threes and learn more today. 21 and over in President, Arizona. In-person wager at Footprint Center is required. Shootout occurs on March 17th from 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. Pacific. Restrictions apply. See full terms at FanDuel.com slash Sportsbook. If you think you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 53342. When I return... Some more awards for the Wildcats as they nearly sweep the Pac-12 awards. That's next right here on the Jeff Dean Show. The Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. Now back to the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson. Welcome back to the Jeff Dean Show. 
I'm Jeff Dean here with you on this uh, Tucson Wednesday morning. All right, let's give away some tickets to go see Sammy Hagar live with George Thorogood at the Oxygen Pavilion September 7th. Heavy metal. Uh, I can't drive 55. There's only one way to rock. Your love is driving me crazy. Great song. Bad Motor Scooter back with Montrose. Man, I could go on and on. I love Sammy Hagar. But your chance to win some tickets right now. Be caller number three at 520-719-1490. That's 719-1490. And you could win some uh, some Sammy Hagar tickets. Be caller number three at 719-1490. Good luck and enjoy the Red Rocker. Uh, man, your love is driving me crazy. Um, th- three lock box, one, two, three lock box, so good, so good. And he's it, it, Eagles Fly, Mastaquila, great party song. Like there's so many, so many great songs I can think of about Sammy. And that's not even with the, the in the Van Halen years. Those are all Sammy stuff that he wrote. Uh, so should be a great one. And George Thorogood, I've seen George before, and I mentioned <laughs> I mentioned on Monday. You either get drunk George Thorogood that's that's just awesome and you know he likes to he likes to riff about and you know kind of just do his own thing or you get really drunk George Thorogood who just shreds his guitars to pieces and so you never know which one you're going to get but uh either either one you get is great. <laughs> so good luck and enjoy the uh enjoy the show. Uh once again we'll continue with more Arizona men's basketball awards here. And we'll do some NFL coming up in just a little bit, obviously, coming up in hour number two, Tyler Drake to talk Cardinals. Cardinals have a lot of free agents and uh there's a lot of discussions going on up here in Arizona, up here in Phoenix about what are the Cardinals gonna do with this roster because they're uh, it's 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 an interesting situation for them. Uh let's continue though. The the freshman of the year award, that's the only award that Arizona didn't really have anyone up for, and, and that's fine. You know, for the first time in a long time, Arizona didn't have a freshman up for the freshman of the year award. That one goes to Harrison Ingram as uh as expected. Most improved player of the year. Christian Coloco also gets that as well. And look, this is a th- this is an award that is once again, I think he'll be recognized nationally for his improvement. Um, you know, in, in a national scope, a national most improved player, Christian Coloco is on the very, very short list uh, of, of people who are deserving of that award. And I've said this before, and I will continue to say it, I have not seen a player improve more in his time at Arizona since Channing Fry. And that, I mean, like, I remember, I remember Channing very, very well. My brother and Channing were in classes together in school. My younger brother and Channing were together in school. Uh, I, I saw a ton of Channing's basketball games, and you know, Lute Olson was at the games, and they would scout him, and then they, you know, they recruited him, and he comes to Arizona, and you're like, okay, you know, I like Channing; he's a great kid, you know, and and I know Channing, and you know, it's uh, you know, this will this will be good, you know, it'd be nice to have him on the team, and then his sophomore year, you're like, whoa, uh, he looks different, like everything, like everything's starting to change now. This kid's really blossoming into something. And in his junior year, his shoulders rounded out and he got tough and he became really athletic. And you're like, oh, man, now we've got ourselves an All-American candidate here. Like, this this kid is special. And he was. And he still is special. We love Channing, right? But um, I have not seen an improvement in one player during their time at Arizona like I had with Channing Fry, And now I'm seeing it again with Christian Coloco. Like, it, it just – it is it is a night and day difference between what I saw from Christian when he landed on campus his first year here. You know, kid from Cameroon, 
uh, loves the game of basketball. Loves the game of basketball. Um, you, you talk to to Christian. He 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 really does embrace and enjoy playing the game. Um, and he's still learning. Like he, you know, that's the thing about about Christian. He's still scratching the surface because you you watch him play, and he you know he'll he'll make he'll make a mistake, and he doesn't he didn't realize he made the mistake, and then he gets told about the mistake, and he's like, oh okay. You know, and you still see situations where he'll get into foul trouble because he's relying too much on his athleticism or he's relying too much on his length or he's relying too much on this. And when he when he gets to the point where the game comes to him, that's when the real magic is going to happen. I We haven't seen the best of Christian Coloco, and he's going to continue to improve. Uh, athletically, he's very, very good, um, you know, as far as – Running the floor, his slide step is excellent. His recognition of the motion of an offense that he's trying to defend is very, very good. And now he's learned how to pick and roll properly. Like he's really like he has really learned the pick and roll. And it's great having a guy like Kerr running the offense with you because Kerr is just he's kind of like a like a like a it's, it's like watching Steve Nash at Santa Clara. Like he just that's just kind of the way he is. Um, and you know, not as great a handles as Steve had at, at Santa Clara, not yet at least. Uh, you know, we saw Steve in his in his fifth season at Santa Clara, not in his first two seasons at Santa Clara. We don't know what he was like then. But uh, you know, it, it, you know, Christian has really learned the the art of the pick and roll. He's done extremely well with it. And again, I think he's just scratching the surface. I was talking to a buddy of mine yesterday, and like. If Christian has a great postseason where he averages like 16 and 10 and two blocks and Arizona has a deep run, they win four or five, maybe even six games, he's going to be called upon in the NBA. And I'm, yeah, he probably will be. But if he comes back for another year, he'll have the opportunity to improve to the point where he's a lottery pick. And that's where everything changes for you. Like outside the lottery is one thing. You know, I think Christian, you know, would probably be a second round pick at this point um, just because of who he's going into the draft with and against uh, and just where he is in his game. We haven't, you know, the, the NBA scouts can come and watch him play all they want, and they do, trust me. Uh, we've had a lot of them at Arizona this year, um, specifically watching guys like Christian Coloco. If he comes back next year and continues to improve the way he did from his sophomore to junior year to his junior to his senior year, now you're talking lottery pick. Now you're talking one of the top, one of the top you know, front court players in the entire country on both ends of the floor. So um, that's kind of where we're at with, with Coloco. Tommy Lloyd wins the John Wooden Coach of the Year Award. Absolutely no surprise. Unanimous winner of that, most likely. There's no reason to think that anybody would have uh, uh, would have won that. I thought it was interesting that what is, he was like, I can't remember what, what it is. He's like the, the seventh or eighth coach. Yeah, he's the eighth coach in conference history to win it in their first year. Stanford's Dick DiBiaso in 1976, Gary Cunningham of UCLA, who got fired at for going 35-5, and five, by the way. <laughs> he won in 1978. Gary Cunningham did. It's hard to follow John Wooden. Uh, Oregon State's Jim Anderson. I don't even remember Jim Anderson back in 1990. Ben Braun of Cal won the award in 1997 in his first year. Oof. Washington State's Tony Bennett won it in 2007. Mike Hopkins at Washington won it in 2018, and then Mick Cronin won it two years ago at UCLA in 2020. So I thought it was interesting that, that Tommy's the eighth 
Pac-12 coach, Pac-10, Pac-12 coach, to win it in their first season at the school. I thought that was interesting. And I, I forgive me. I, I, I mean, I feel terrible because I said Umar Balo has no competition other than maybe a Booth Gotch uh, in this, and I didn't even – I just blindly, you know, went into predicting the sixth man of the year award without thinking that, hey – Arizona has a few really good six men coming off of the bench, whether it's Umar Balo, Justin Kyer, or the guy who won the award, Pella Larson, who was fantastic off the bench this year. In fact, I praised Pella yesterday for as good as he has been off the bench this year and how he's improved his game and surprisingly became this larger, you know, bigger, stronger kid who could really rebound and defend and be tough as opposed to this Swedish sniper that we saw at Utah and loved the game that he developed here under Tommy Lloyd and in this program in his first season at Arizona. And he, well-deserving of the award. I feel terrible for even just leaving him out of the conversation yesterday. That's my bad. Uh, But Pella Larson, very, very, very deserving of that sixth man of the year award. And Tommy even said so. Like Tommy's like, Umar could have won that thing. Justin had, uh, you know, Justin had an argument for winning the thing. You know, we had, it's a luxury that we have those three guys coming off the bench that all could have won the sixth man of the year award. Uh, Just tremendous, tremendous job by Arizona this year and a well-deserved sweep, almost sweep of the postseason awards. We'll take a timeout. When I return, we'll continue talking some Pac-12 basketball as the Pac-12 tournament tips off here in just a few hours. I'll have some predictions and what Arizona could be looking at uh, with some matchups coming down the road here in Las Vegas. That's next right here on the Jeff Dean Show. The Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. Back to the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson. Congratulations to our winner, Jeff Farkas of Tucson. Got himself the Sammy Hagar and George Thorogood tickets. You know, it's a great first name kind of thing. Like, you know, he's got a great first name. So obviously, he's a winner. Like, he's a winner in my book. He's a winner in everybody's book now because he won some tickets to go see the Red Rocker and George Thorogood, who is bad to the bone, at the Akchin Pavilion September 7th. Congratulations, Jeff. Thank you for listening, and uh, enjoy the show. I guess Jeff is going to give the, the tickets to his daughter, which is a very benevolent uh, thought. He was calling in and got some uh, got a, a, a gift of a pair of tickets to go let his daughter and go and, and enjoy the show, apparently. So good on you, Jeff, for sharing the love with your family and uh, letting your daughter go and and uh, rock out with Sammy Hagar and all the other crazies that are going to be at that show. I'm going to try to get to that show myself. I, listen, I, I've seen Sammy with Van Halen, but I've never seen Sammy solo, like in, in his solo career. I love his solo career. Like before he was with Van Halen, I was a Sammy Hagar fan. So uh, excited about that. So enjoy uh, uh, Jeff Farkas' daughter. Enjoy the show. And uh, Jeff Farkas, thank you for listening, and um, congratulations. Let's take a look at the Pac-12 tournament. All right, so the, 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 the Pac-12 tournament starts today. There was some news yesterday, of course, that uh, happened about an hour after we signed off the air, that Will Richardson, the point guard for Oregon, was going to be sitting this one out. He's staying home. Oregon calls it a non-COVID-related illness. I call it, I quit on my team. So Will Richardson, look, that team quit on their coach a week ago. Okay, We, we saw it happen. 
and they got beat by 20 or 23 points to Wazoo. Didn't show up for that game. There were several games they didn't show up for. They didn't show up for the game in Tempe when they got beat by 24 before playing us. Uh, and then they, you know, they showed up for our game and lose by four. Played their arses off and uh, and lost by four in that game. Just shows you what can happen with a team that's motivated uh, to win a game like that. I've never seen Dana. I remember you know talking about that afterward. I've never seen Dana Altman coach that hard in my life. And I've seen Dana Altman on the at the scores table for nine years now. I've seen Dana up close and personal nine for nine years, several times on the road as well, um, including the game where you know before the game, Sean Miller was notified that. There was, you know, there was allegations going on about him and stuff, and he didn't coach the game at Eugene and all that, you know. And and I've seen Dana coach a lot, and that was the most heated I've ever seen Dana Altman was at that game this year in Tucson. And they, you know, Oregon to their credit, they played extremely well. But following that loss, they basically quit on themselves. They quit on their coach. They quit on their teammates. And now Will Richardson is quitting on everything. He's deciding to just quit, like he's just done. Like he's not traveling with the team. Uh, so there goes, I mean, I mean, you look at the, the matchup in the first round. Now it's not the first game or ASU Stanford is going to tip off at one o'clock today. I like ASU in that game. Uh, Stanford's, these are two teams going in opposite directions right now. Stanford's lost five in a row. Arizona state's won seven of their last eight. Arizona state's going to win that game. Uh, so I got ASU moving on, but in the next game at three thirty is Oregon, Oregon state. So you have the Ducks, who have quit on their season, quit on their coach, quit on their teammates. They're without their best player, Will Richardson. And listen, all Wayne Tinkle does is win tournament games. So I'm going to pick Oregon State to, to to do the upset here. I've got I've got Oregon State winning that game. Oregon is in no frame of mind to play any kind of basketball right now at all. Period. That's it's it's all about the you know the, the emotional mindset of your team. What kind of frame of mind are you in? And Oregon is not in any frame of mind to win a basketball game right now. And regardless, if Oregon State only won one conference game this year and won three games total this whole season, I like them to beat Oregon today at three thirty in Las Vegas. Then they uh, then they have a little bit of a break, and at seven p.m. it's the seven ten matchup Wazoo and Cal. That could be an interesting matchup. I, Wazoo's you know, obviously they like to shoot a lot of threes. They play a little defense, um, and Cal just doesn't look like a very good basketball team right now, and, and Mark Fox looks like he's just completely fed up with his players. They've got a couple of okay players, but I don't think they're a very good basketball team. In fact, I think both – I mean, Oregon State's record, obviously, it, it, <laughs> it's a beacon of, of, uh, of defeat uh, and how bad they've been this year. I still think Cal is worse than, than Oregon State. Just looking – seeing the two teams heads up, like I, I, just, I, I still think Cal's worse. Uh, so I like Wazoo to win that game against Cal today at 7 o'clock. And then the nightcap, the late game, is uh, UW and Utah. That game is going to tip off around 9.30, and I like Washington in that game. They're, they're playing a much, much better. Terrell Brown is a, is a force, and uh, Utah just, just won't be able to score points with them, I think is basically what it's going to come down to. Brandon Carlson's a good player, but uh, they're not going to be able to score with them. Then on Thursday, Arizona will likely play Arizona State. That game tips off at 1 o'clock. We get the early game. Obviously, I like Arizona in that game. Uh, then it's going to be Colorado, the four seed, taking on who I think will win, will be the 12 seed Oregon State. Um, that game is at 3.30 tomorrow. I like Colorado in that game. Then you got UCLA Wazoo at 7 o'clock. I like UCLA. And USC Washington, that's a tough one because USC – plays to the level of every competition they play except for Arizona. They get stopped by Arizona. Everybody else they play down to. Like they just 
we're going to play at your level for now, for today. And they do that every single day. But I still like USC's defense. It's a little bit better uh, than, than Washington, so I like SC to advance. So then on Friday in the, in the semifinals, you got Arizona versus Colorado. I love Arizona to avenge their loss there from Boulder a couple of weeks ago. And then you got the battle for Los Angeles, USC and US, UCLA, which is an interesting matchup. And I still I, – I think the Bruins are going to win that game, but, I mean, they barely beat USC a week ago. A game that they probably, I mean, they probably should have blown USC out for the way USC was playing, but SC was in that game to the final bucket. And that was only the first time that USC has lost to UCLA in three years. Like, they're 5-1 and one in their last six games against UCLA. So that's a tough game to pick. I still think UCLA's got the juice to win that game um, and take on Arizona because I think that's what everybody wants to see is Arizona versus UCLA Part 3 and Arizona cutting down the nets in Las Vegas. Those are my little predictions for the Pac-12 tournament that is coming up. Again, that starts today at 1 o'clock, ASU versus Stanford, the opening game today. All right, we're going to take a timeout. More after this right here on the Jeff Dean Show. The Jeff Dean Show on ESPN Tucson is brought to you by Desert Diamond Casinos. Desert Diamond is true Tucson. More of the Jeff Dean Show on 1490 AM, 1049 FM, ESPN Tucson. Sorry, can't be bothered right now. I'm trying to put my parlay together for the conference tournaments that are upcoming starting today. This is some interesting – I mean, there's already been some fun stuff going on in the conference tourneys. The, there was the buzzer beater two nights ago. There was a Donnybrook last night. <laughs> some, some of the younger people are like, Donnybrook, is Jeff speaking old again? Old and ease? Yeah. Uh, yeah, Donnie Brook. It's a fight. It's a brawl. It's a, a lot of people involved throwing hands and being yelling at each other. So, uh, <laughs> good old Donnie Brook occurred last night. In fact, I'm on a, um, I'm in a group. It's like a PA announcer. It's like a national PA announcers group. And the PA announcer at the game jumped on the group last night. And he's like, I didn't know what to do. <laughs> we don't have a script that says, Hey, everybody, please calm down. I commented, I'm like, we have a script like that, and I hope I never get to use it. But even if I did, no one is going to listen to you anyways. So don't worry about it. Like, there's nothing you can do as a PA announcer to calm people down. Like, please, if you don't calm down, I'm going to mic up one more time and tell you to calm down. Okay, nobody cares. Uh, People are seeing red at that point. They can't hear anything. They can't see anything outside of their tunnel vision of the guy that's right in front of them that they want to punch in the face. Like, that's, that's it. There's no... There's nothing you can do about it at that point. Like, I always laugh. I'm like, if, if there's a brawl, like, there's, there's you know, Arizona, at, 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 you know, it's a very buttoned-up department. In fact, you know, I, I got to go around and see all of the different game operations and stuff throughout the Pac-12. And you know, there's a lot of different philosophies on how uh, different programs conduct themselves through the pregame and through the regular game um, as far as, like, PA and, and stuff like that goes. These are just things that I announced because, that I noticed because, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a profession of mine. So um, it's things that I look at. And Arizona, the one thing that I noticed is extremely buttoned up. And the one thing also in being in this group and talking to other people from across the country, like the, the PA announcer from Ohio State and stuff, I've gotten to know him pretty well. And you know, we share these stories and stuff like that, and they're like, well, what's in your script for this? And I'm like, well, I have this. And they're like, we don't even have that. Like, Arizona's very buttoned up when it comes to that kind of stuff. And I have, you know, a, an entire page of stuff like, okay, if this happens, here's what you say. If this happens, here's what you say. Like, it's all scripted there for you in case 
people start throwing hands at each other in the stands or players get involved or all kinds of other stuff. And, you know, I was laugh at it because I'm like, if there's a brawl, especially if it's at McHale, 14,700 people screaming, yelling at each other and fighting and wanting to, you know, wanting to, and just they're mad and everything's, everything's coming down now. The last thing they're going to do is stop and listen to what the PA announcer has to say. Oh, wait, wait, the PA announcer's talking. Hang on. <laughs> right mid-punch, like, wait a second, the PA announcer's trying to say something. No. <laughs> the punch is going to follow through. They're not even going to hear the PA announcer. And that's why I told the guy. I'm like, hey, there's nothing you could have done, bro. Like, even if you had a script, there's nothing that, that would have stopped that fight. People have to stop one another. I mean, there have to be adults in the room to stop other children from fighting like that. Throwing tantrums and whatnot. (laughs) Nobody cares about what the PA announcers say. Nobody, usually nobody cares anyways. Even when it's quiet in there. People are like, what? What? Sorry, turn turn me up, please. All right, that's going to wrap up our number one, today's edition of the Jeff Dean Show. Coming up in our number two, a whole slew of NFL news. Big stuff happening in the uh, in the league yesterday. We'll also talk with Tyler Drake, our Cardinals insider. Get some Cardinals news coming up at 8.30 and a whole lot more. Stay tuned. It's just a quick little two-minute turnaround here to hour number two on the Jeff Dean Show. 1490 AM, 104.9 FM, ESPN Tucson. We'll see you in two minutes. Casino Del Sol Studio, the soul of Tucson. This is ESPN Tucson. KFFN Tucson. KWCX Tank of Verde. KMXZ HD4 Tucson.